0: Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 10th of September, and in this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1960. And we traveled to Yale University in America, where Carl Jung's Terry lectures on psychology and religion were published. The Swiss psychiatrist had actually delivered the lectures in 1938, before the outbreak of the war, and it covered themes in his lectures, the autonomy of the unconscious mind, dogma and symbols, and the history and psychology of a natural symbol. And in his lectures and the book, he describes what he regards as the authentic religious function of the unconscious mind, drawing on a wealth of material from ancient and medieval Gnostic alchemistic and occult literature, he discusses the religious symbolism of unconscious processes and the possible continuity of religious forms that have appeared and reappeared throughout the centuries. Carl Gustav Jung was a Swiss psychiatrist who founded analytical psychology, although the impact of his work has been influential in various fields as well as psychology from anthropology, archaeology, literature, philosophy and religious studies. His work as a research scientist at the famous Bergolosi Hospital in Zurich brought him to the attention of Sigmund Freud and for a while they collaborated together and for some years they shared a joint vision of the human mind. as psychology was establishing itself as a scientific discipline. Originally, Freud, who was 20 years older than Jung, saw him as the heir he had been seeking to take forward his new science of psychoanalysis. When appointing Jung as the president of his newly founded International Psychoanalytical Association in 1910, Freud even said that Jung was his adopted eldest son, his crown prince and successor. Jung's research and vision, however, soon took him into a different direction and away from what he saw as Freud's doctrine and a painful schism became inevitable. He disagreed with Freud about the importance of sexual development and focused on the collective unconscious, the part of the unconscious that contains memories and ideas that Jung believed were inherited from ancestors. While he did think that the libido was an important source for personal growth, unlike Freud, Jung did not believe that the libido, the sex drive, was alone responsible for the formation of the core personality. He was building on Freud's pioneering work that individuals have a personal unconscious. However, Jung's research had led him to believe in a collective unconscious that was neither acquired by activities within an individual's life and nor as a container of things that are thoughts, but rather memories or ideas which are capable of being conscious during one's life. The collective unconscious consisted of universal heritable elements common to all humans, distinct from other species. Always interested in spirituality, Jung had been disappointed by his father's academic approach to faith as a Swiss reformed pastor. And so his theories around the collective unconscious led him to a type of pantheism, where he placed spiritual experience as essential to our well-being. Life for Jung had a spiritual purpose beyond material goals. And our main task in life was to discover and to fulfil our deep innate potential. Based on his study of Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, Gnosticism and Taoism and other traditions... Jung believed that this journey of transformation, which he called individuation, was the main task of life. And individuation was at the mystical heart of all religions, a journey to meet the self and at the same time to meet the divine. In 1959, Jung was asked by John Freeman on the BBC interview programme, Face to Face, whether he believed in God, to which Jung answered, I do not need to believe, I know. Jung's ideas on religion counterbalanced Freudian scepticism, and his idea of religion as a practical road to individuation. Is still treated in modern textbooks on the psychology of religion. A focused example of this was when he recommended spirituality as a cure for alcoholism. He was treating an American patient, Roland Hazard III, who was suffering from a chronic alcoholism, and after a while, Jung had to accept that they had not achieved significant progress. He told Hazard that his alcoholic condition was near to hopeless, save only the possibility of a spiritual experience. Hazard took Jung's advice seriously and he set about seeking a personal spiritual experience. He returned home to the United States and he joined a Christian evangelical movement known as the Oxford Group, which would later become known as Moral Rearmament. He also told other alcoholics what Young had told him about the importance of a spiritual experience. And one of the alcoholics he brought into the Oxford group was called Ebby Thatcher, a long time friend and drinking buddy of Bill Wilson who later co-founded Alcoholics Anonymous. Thatcher told Wilson about the Oxford group and through them Wilson became aware of Hazard's experience with Young. And so the influence of Young thus indirectly found its way into the formation of Alcoholics Anonymous, the original 12-step programme. For more about this, see the podcast of August the 5th. Wilson and Young would later have a rich correspondence During his third Terry lecture at Yale, the room in which the lecture was given was standing room only, and he wrote in his diary afterwards that he had covered difficult material and few would have understood it, but they somehow seemed to get it. At the end of the lecture he approached the wife of the Dean of Yale, who was getting some tea, and he suddenly noticed that she had tears streaming down her face alarmed that he was intruding on some sort of domestic incident, he backed off. But she engaged him and said, I didn't understand any of it, but I feel it. In a later conversation with E.A. Bennett, Young reflected, she got what was there. It was like a Catholic mass. She didn't understand, but she was in it. Young was a fascinatingly creative thinker his ideas about the paranormal culminated in the concept of synchronicity when he noticed that certain coincidences manifested themselves in the world that they would have an exceptionally intense meaning to observers such coincidences had great effect on the observer from multiple aspects But he failed in his own experiments to confirm the phenomenon. But he held on to the idea even though he was never clear about how synchronicity worked. The popular writer M. Scott Peck at a later time said that perhaps this was a way of explaining the theological concept of grace. Jung had been a solitary and introverted child. From childhood he believed that like his mother he had two personalities a modern Swiss citizen and a personality more suited to the 18th century. Personality number one as he termed it was a typical schoolboy living in the era era of the time. Personality number two was a dignified, authoritative and influential man from the past. Young was one of the first people to define introversion and extroversion in a psychological context. In his psychological types, he theorizes that each person falls into two categories, the introvert and the extrovert. And these types Jung compared to ancient archetypes of Apollo and Dionysus. The introvert is likened to Apollo, who shines a light on understanding. The introvert is focused on the internal world of reflection, dreaming and vision. Thoughtful and insightful, the introvert can sometimes be uninterested in joining the activities of others. The extrovert, however, is associated with Dionysus, interested in joining the activities of the world. Focused on the outside world of objects, sense, perception and action. Energetic and lively, the extrovert may lose their sense of self in the intoxication of Dionysian pursuits. The myers Briggs type indicator, which has become a popular psychometric instrument, was developed from Jung's theory of psychological types. And Jung saw the human psyche as by nature religious and made this religiousness the focus of all his explorations. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the life of the Bishop Bartolomeu de la Casas and his defence of indigenous people in South America. To make our archive easier to access, We start to group our podcast into themes. So if you visit www.pogp.net, the first group called Theologians is going up this week, from Edith Stein to Pelagius. If you'd like to give any feedback, you can email us on pogppod at gmail.com. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for today's music, and have a lovely day wherever you are, and thanks to you for listening.